Hi everyone, Ayer here. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, Kundalini. Now, for some of us out there, this might be a topic that kind of sends shivers up our spine, but for others, it brings us into peace. Just to explain all the basics, as well as what Kundalini actually is and our benefits, I have Bianca Abbott with me. She is an expert in this and has actually completed a lot of cost work in it. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Bianca. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Bianca Abbott. I'm a holistic family nurse practitioner, Kundalini yoga therapist and teacher, uh, psychedelic expert. Um, and I also uh, work in cellular rejuvenation and detoxification hmm. through my LunaFast program, which has helped a thousand plus people all around the world in five different continents cleanse and detox their bodies, um, bringing together all of my loves, which are Kundalini detoxification and fasting and um, Ayurvedic uh, medicine, naturopathic medicine as well. So it brings together really powerful lineages. Um, it's my program that I developed over many, many, my lifetime. It's kind of my dark night of the soul, getting out of my dark night of the soul. This is my <laughs> regimen that I use to really heal myself, my community and my family. So it's an honor to be here to be able to share about all the things that I'm pas passionate about and have really been um, my saving grace. I love how you said over your lifetime, but I'm thinking just based off of everything you listed, this was several lifetimes. This wasn't <laughs> just one. <laughs> totally. Oh, I'm definitely the witch that was burned for sure over and over and over. And now I really get to bring it through, you know, like the rise of the feminine, like what an amazing time to be alive, to really stand in our witchiness and bring out our medicines. And so I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity to share with you and we get to connect and really be on this uh, beautiful conversation, this flow of conversation of, of transmission. I really feel like I'm talking to a mirror right now, but I'm curious because you said, you know, the dark night of the soul. Some people don't always know what that means. You and me are like, ooh, okay, do we really want to talk about it? But we need to. Can you explain what that meant for you? So the dark night of my soul, what that truly means is really going to the depths of my darkness, to places I never knew that I could even come out of to the places in myself that I didn't even know that I was capable of, of triumphing. Uh, those places where I had to literally scrape myself off the ground day by day, year by year, breath by breath. <laughs> and not only do it, you know, while I'm amidst everything in my life and on and have to put this face forward, Nobody really knew I was going through my dark night of the soul until I was able to finally share myself, my story and my authentic voice, which took many, many, many years to even share my dark night of the soul because I had to protect not only myself, but my family. And, um, and now it's something that really is, you know, I'm so grateful for. It's like, I'm so grateful I went through that darkness and that hardship and those challenges because it allows me to now to be able to shine like the sun to really come out of it full circle and then share that knowledge and and that that feat right so that I can help others even if it's just one person you know not make the same you know decisions or maybe lead them quicker quantum healing is what i call it really we have the power to step into our highest timeline and if we have the right wisdom tools and teachers we're able to get there very quickly now with the energy and and the aquarian age so it's an exciting time i was i i've waited my whole life to be in this space of empowerment and glow and alignment um 
And I know that you've been through your dark night of the soul. Even I've heard through Tio and through other sources, people in my life about you. And it's powerful now that we're meeting because I, I, it's really powerful to meet somebody that can really understand trauma at some very deep levels and that can hold you in that. And you can have like a really powerful conversation about. So I'm excited to see where this, this conversation goes today. It's like when I was mentioning mirror, I didn't necessarily mean, and for those that you don't watch this and actually just listen to it on the podcast is, yes, we look alike. But when I said mirror, I meant we felt alike. Like I can tell that you've been through some trials. I can tell that you like radiate this joy and this lightness. And I feel like a lot of people that have stepped into this healing realm where it's messy and it's, you know, stuck energy and blockages and you're just like I don't know what to do I don't know where to go and you have all these spirit guides that are suddenly talking to you and you're like what is going on to really understand that I feel like most people have had to go through some type of trauma whether it's family whether it's um, a sexual assault a refugee an orphan there's so many different versions of trauma these days now, I heard you mention like a Western side as well as the Eastern side medicine. Is mm -hmm. that Yes. So, so I, I'm, first? yeah. So um, what came first was really holistic medicine. Like I really, it's, my mom was a holistic nurse. I learned food was my medicine ever since I was born. My mom was a vegetarian when I was in her stomach. So I've really been in the natural movement from as like from my first remembrance. My mom wasn't using the microwave. Like we got, my mom would, you know, get things from the garden. I was really very blessed. She made all of our meals, all of our nutrition. And she knew because she was in a space of having to learn how to heal herself. But we are very much rooted in the Western medicine because my mother was a nurse and I'm fifth generation nurse, um, first nurse practitioner in my family. So I come from a lineage of nurses, which is like the lineage of witches, really. Um, so it, it's really an exciting time for the witches to reveal themselves and to come and, and stand in their true power. And I see nurses all around the world because um, now on Instagram, I connect to so many amazing people and we are a growing network of holistic healers on this planet. And I'm so proud to be a nurse. I couldn't have said that when I was younger. Um, it really took embodying um, my, my own kind of archetype as a holistic nurse because I really didn't have anybody to model. I had to create my own, my own path right? Um, which has been really cool, actually. <laughs> I'm thankful that you're a nurse. My mother was actually a nurse for, I believe, 30 years. So long-term nurses. I am very much someone that believes in Western medicine and Eastern medicine, having a marriage. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like one or the other, and they take this side or they take this fight. And I'm like, but we're all trying to heal. <laughs> like, why can't we use every tool in our bucket? Right? Yes. And like, it, that was, that was really, you know, I wanted to be a bridge for Eastern and Western modalities. And I knew at a very young age that I was going to be bringing all of the things together. I knew like 15 years ago that I was going to be doing the work that I'm doing. I didn't know I was going to be bringing psychedelics into it or like ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, but I knew I was going to bring the yoga therapy in. I knew I was going to bring in, you know, the essential oils, the herbalism, the Ayurveda, like all of that was very aware. So it's been, I didn't know the fasting was going to be coming into it either. Um, so it's been a gradual like journey of uh, awakening and really just meeting this healer being guided here by this angel like I was guided by the angels to work with you know some of the most powerful healers like Dr. Sebi, Dr. Morse, um, uh, Alexander Cousins, um, people that I really just like have been able to help heal people of everything because that's what I needed in my toolbox to help heal my mother 
um, at the age of seven, I was on a mission. I was like, I'm going to find the cure for HIV, like at seven years old. Uh, mm -hmm. My mother was given HIV in the hospital when I was um, 13 months old. Uh, she was giving birth to my sister and had to get an emergency C-section because she had placenta accreta. Her placenta literally um, grew into her uterus and it uh, bursted and she had to get a blood transfusion and she ended up getting HIV. And mm -hmm. my family didn't know until like three years later. And luckily uh, my sister wasn't breastfed um, and my, my dad miraculously didn't get the virus and they were, you know, having sex at the time too. So it was, uh, thank God, it was a miracle that my, you know, it didn't get spread to the whole family. Um, <clears throat> and so we've had to keep it a secret, you know, my whole life until I was like 33. And um, from then I've been on a, a, a mission to remove the masks. <sighs> you know, really deal with the trauma, <laughs> really confront it head first um, through all types of things that had to happen to create that catalyst for it to come out. Because um, at first I was more in my perfectionist mode. I was in, you know, having to be perfect um, and then had things in my life that have ha had really make me get on my knees and, and, and ask for divine guidance um, to be able to get the strength to be able to carry on life. Um, so I'm so grateful for Kundalini for being that for me to give me the tools to awaken and to um, uh, reprogram my subconscious mind through 4 a.m. sadhana. <laughs> Thank God for sadhana. Like, woo, Aquarian sadhana specifically has been really like my, my love. Um, and we're actually going to be, be starting a 40 day 4am um, mm -hmm. on the Lionsgate starting this week, coming up um, with my community here in Miami. So that's exciting. Hopefully you'll be able to join us. Um, it's going to be offered online and, uh, and, uh, at the studio at Fresh Prana, which is the Kundalini Yoga Studio of Miami, which is such, a, a, an honor to finally have a home where we can all come and, uh, you know, a hub for spiritual awakening and with some of the most powerful teachers, I think on the planet, um, and in Miami, we're so blessed to have such powerful teachers in Miami. So I feel like you've made my job so easy as a podcast host. <laughs> every little plug I was going to do for you, you already went there. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> but with that, I love that you set the stage for the Western side, because there's going to be people that listen to this and they're like Kundalini and they like, you know, Get that tension I have no idea I freak out even if they're interested in it and they want to learn more so I really appreciate you kind of laying that foundation but even more importantly just opening up your heart to be able to share with your family and to share your experiences and to really explain why you do the work that you do I think makes all the difference yeah. and so thank you for that it's it's my duty really if I don't it's almost if I'm selfish if I don't give away the wisdom and you know like really allow myself to be of service because that's why we're here to be servants to God sadhus um and yeah and just really embodying that and 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 really holding space in the community for powerful transformation and is what really the medicine for me to really get to the depths of my own darkness <laughs> and my own issues as well. So it's like, we are all teaching each other and guiding each other home. And that's the power of really being in our authentic voice or our power or be empowered and to share our, 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 our wisdom so that we can really just you know, elevate and rise together. So let's share some wisdom. Like we set the stage, we got our why, we got our how. 
what is kundalini? Great question. So <laughs> the kundalini, kundalini is an energy at the base of our side, at the base of our spine. Uh, they call it a, a coiled serpent at the base of our spine. And usually that serpent energy will be awakened sometime in the life of the human or any organism because everything has kundalini energy, right? Kundalini energy is our sexual energy. It's also the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it's also our Shakti energy. It's the feminine energy. And so this energy is when it's awakened, it allows for the rise of this energy. It goes up in uh, a double helix going up the spine and then coming down the spine, like a DNA helix, right? Going up the pingala and down the ingala and allowing for the alchemical process of awakening. And the Kundalini really enlivens your chakras. It enlivens your whole entire being. It's the electricity of our spirit, of our uh, nature. And how I would say it's almost like a baptism when the Kundalini rises. Um, and for some, it can be very intense. And for others, it can be very pleasurable. And I mean, it really, the Kundalini rising and awakening is to each their own. And it, depending on where you're at in or where you're at in your spiritual development, it can be like completely life-changing and just, or it could be completely destructive and then life-changing. Like I, you know, I had to watch my sister go through pretty intense Kundalini awakening. I also went through a very intense Kundalini awakening in New York city. And, um, some of the signs of, of that, you know, are, you know, increased sensitivity to life, not being able to like really do anything that's not in alignment with your soul, um, you know, taking on intuitive and psychic um, powers, right? Maybe some people might see spirits might see it's so there's a spectrum of things that can happen when somebody's awakened by the Kundalini energy and we don't want to fear it. This is really one of the best things that can happen to us. It allows us to awaken and come alive. And as Americans, I think that we've gone really deeply against each ourselves. So, um, so we haven't really been in tuned with our Kundalini, like the, you know, uh, Asia and India and more of these indigenous cultures that are very much connected to their primal Kundalini energy. And I really love traveling and, and witnessing other cultures and how they you know, really allow for the Kundalini rising because it doesn't have to be just through Kundalini yoga. Um, <clears throat> and, but Kundalini yoga is a really great way to uh, teach people how to use their Kundalini energy to awaken themselves and uh, come alive and love, deeply love yourself. I love that you brought up Kundalini yoga. I'm going to bring up things like yoga and tantra and breath work, because I feel like these all come together. But first, I kind of want to explore the idea of the differences between a kundalini awakening and a general spiritual awakening. Is there like a break point or is a kundalini awakening part of a spiritual awakening? I think it's one and the same, honestly, because it's the awakening of the higher, higher brain, the higher centers of the brain. Um, it's also an awakening of the pineal and the hypothalamus. Um, so that is really only done through the awakening of the energy of the body and, uh, said tantra and all of these other you know mystical ways of activating the kundalini energy it's all kundalini energy whether it's an ayahuasca ceremony or <laughs> like a breath work session or even being in church singing um you know hymns right where that's where i really first had my spiritual kundalini awakening was through jesus christ um mm -hmm. was in the church through singing and through like feeling the spirit and, and the chills, right? That, that, 
and like being in mystical places, right? Like I found my home because I was like, oh my God, the spirit's all around. Like I could really feel alive in where I've, I have now recently moved. And so it's an awakening of our, our nature, our sexual energy. And sometimes it can be an extreme and sometimes it can be very subtle. Um, it really just depends on the person and their, their, their walk on this planet. When you are introducing somebody to the idea of Kundalini, do you use a certain type of gateway that's like something that you're just like, this tends to be easier for people, especially women? Because you said this is very sexual energy as well as enlightenment. Mm -hmm. That can be kind of scary for a lot of women these days because for generations, we've been told to be pretty, be quiet, don't ask for anything, you know, in the bedroom, you know, if you have like an O, you have an O. If you don't have an O, then, you know, you're out of luck. So what would actually lead somebody on the sexual side to want to entertain Kundalini as something for healing them? Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, I haven't had a sexual trauma, so I can't really speak from my own experience um, with sexual trauma, but I have had neglect, I've had betrayal, I've had deep, you know, um, situations with the opposite sex that, you know, really affected my ability, you know, to open myself in the past. So um, I know the feeling of, you know, not feeling safe to like really allow for the opening or the receiving of the sexual energy or even what to do with that or being very confused or like this is a sin, right? Coming from the church, we were taught that if we like really took on pleasure and pleasured ourselves, that was a sin, right? So it's very much in our psyche and in, you know, the general um, culture, especially, you know, uh, Christian and Catholic and, <clears throat> and religious sections to really not um, want to go there because of the, this whole idea that pleasure is a bad thing, you know, like really like loving ourselves and having an orgasm is a bad thing. And that's something that um, I've had to rewire in myself by learning how to feel good, like learn how to like really start taking on love and feeling good and feeling okay to feel, feel nourished. And I mean, I'm now still just like really allowing myself to open to pleasure, to open to love, to really open to all the blessings, because I feel like we've been taught to like repel it to like, oh, it's, it's, it's bad or it's not good. So it's almost like for me, it's been like a reprogramming of my whole entire like way of being through 4am sadhana and through chanting mantra and through, you know, sun gazing, eye gazing. I mean, so many different practices to relearn what is right. And we innately know <laughs> that's the most beautiful thing about it. Like Tantra is known deeply inside me. Kundalini is deeply known. I don't have to go anywhere to really learn this. I it's, I, and it's, I think also my scorpionic nature I do have, you know, I love, I, I, my, my deepest love is making love with, an, uh, with the opposite sex, like really like going into that divine um, partnership is one of my, my favorite ways to awaken um, through Tantra. So it's really just been um, a reprogramming, a trust and uh, and having great teachers to guide me, really, because I when I first got into Kundalini, like the mantras, like everything, I was like, oh, is this cult? Is this like I didn't feel safe because I wasn't I was so used to being closed, contracted, not wanting pleasure, like very um, like white American, you know, Catholic girl. <laughs> Like my, Western side, right? Just the Western side. Yes. Yeah. And I had to like relearn because I was, this wasn't making me happy. This wasn't giving, this wasn't fulfilling me, but yet it was the Kundalini where I could actually finally feel 
just complete ecstasy and joy within myself through using the breath, through using the technology, that was all I needed. I didn't need some scientific explanation or anything. I just needed a, an experience, a vibration. And that was, you know, for me, like for the first time, my first Kundalini class, I was like blown away because for the first time I felt peace and like what it felt like just to be like, like I could take a deep, deep, deep breath for like the first time in my life. So that was really, I guess my first class was like, I, I don't need, I, I just needed that feeling. And so I just went for it, you know, every day, like searching for that peace, that calm, that nervous system regulation. And, um, and, and then, then taking the teacher training, really getting the education, like you said, like the more that we educate ourselves and understand the meaning instead of judging and saying, oh, this is not me. Like, let's, let's go deeper and see, like, like, don't take things as face value, like really investigate it. If it feels good, like learn about it. And so that's what I did. I was just like on this, like obsessive path to finding true healing because I was searching it so deeply in my bones because I was diagnosed with so many different things I could, I, you know, I was, I was like the classic case of trauma where I, it was manifesting physically, mentally, and spiritually. And I needed, like, I needed some, my save, Kundalini was my saving grace. Mm. Yeah. Gemini in me is like, I want to ask a million questions, but I'm going to stay on topic. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you can stop me. I can go. I can go for, for a long time talking about this stuff. So, and I please, want you to, yeah. I want you okay. to, my mind is like, I want to ask her about this and that and this, but I also want to like hone in on this experience. Yeah. Not everyone has had their first experience. And it sounds like you felt a shift in energy from like day one. Is that common? And then my second part is if it's not common, how many sessions? And what is that first session like through you being a teacher now to like a new student that's new to it? Okay. So my first Kundalini awakening didn't even happen during Kundalini. It was actually during an Osho dynamic meditation where I had to keep my hands up and like, I was going, whoo, whoo. And it like activated my Kundalini. And I literally had the most amazing orgasm and awakening of my energy like that I had never experienced anything like that like and I knew instantly I was like oh this is kundalini like not even my teachers at the time I was in New York City I was getting trained in vinyasa um at yoga of the people and they couldn't even tell me because they didn't even understand kundalini like they were in vinyasa training right and probably my age or a little bit older so not a lot of age and wisdom. And it really took me going and, and like miraculously finding my teacher in New York city. I was guided to her where I could finally understand what Kundalini was because you can't like literally go to your vinyasa teacher or teachers that aren't like specialized in Kundalini to really understand what it is. And so I'm so grateful that I had her Hadi Kar Khalsa. She's in New York City. She has uh, the tree house. It's one of the most beautiful spaces to go if you are there um, to have like just one of the most sacred Kundalini journeys. And so really it was her who took me under her wing. And I knew after my first class that I wanted to get this wisdom for myself and to um, help with the healing of my family because uh, Kundalini has so many people that have doctorates that have done research. There's a research done on this technology, this Kundalini technology. And as a scientist, as a nurse practitioner, that was really important because I needed that to not only convince, you know, hospitals and schools when going in and teaching in schools and hospitals in the past, um, I was just on fire to, to spread this wisdom. And that was really what opened doors was the research and the amount of uh, just uh, expertise in, in Kundalini that you don't really find as much in other lineages. So for you, it wasn't even 
an actual sit down kundalini. We're at the studio session. Um, yeah. I love yoga. I feel like I plug yoga every single episode, whether it's about yoga or not. It just, it's been my saving grace. With that, let's say I'm new. Let's pretend for a moment I've never been to kundalini and yeah. Eric's your student. And she, you know, everyone knows on the podcast, on the books, you know, my whole platform is about, you know, survivor to thriver, especially when it comes to sexual exploitation. So when I go out, I have my Western degrees. I have my Eastern certifications and degrees and I'm here and I'm like still a little bit reserved. Uh, I'm, I'm pretending, right? I'm having this fun, but I'm like, I don't know. Bianca says this is going to change my life. What can you kind of give me to be like, okay, calm down. Just sit down with me. Let's work together. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're wanting to begin this journey and you're in Miami, I do teach every Saturday and love bringing on new students and guiding them on this path in this journey. Um, if you're ready to come into the studio, some people aren't ready to come in the studio yet. They're still like, I still wanted to educate myself on this and get more, you know, confident with themselves, with the postures. And so I recommend my teacher, Jaya Dev, who has like an incredible Life Force Academy, which goes through the full education on um, how to start your kundalini practice. And he has been my teacher um, for almost 10 years. And like, he's really just an expert in this. And so, so yeah, there's there. And then also, you know, if you're ready, if you're in a crisis, right? Like if you're wanting to, or you're just wanting to like optimize, spiritually optimize your life. We have these 40 day 4am practices that can be done online or at the studio. And it's literally a whole family. Like we're here to support each other. Um, this practice is done in community um, because it's the collective consciousness of being together that allows for this tremendous um, upliftment in energy and vibration. When you mention community, some people might get a little bit nervous to be able to be fully expressive, especially when we start talking about sacral energy, right? Mm -hmm. When you say community, is a class like five people or is it like 500 people? Are we hosting stadiums or is it more intimate? Oh, Fresh Prana is so intimate. They just opened. So, you know, I don't, we have like 10 to 20 people at a 20 people max, but like we are, it's Kundalini is very much a, in Miami, it's still growing. Um, so it's still very, very, very intimate at Fresh Prana. And that studio, you feel like you're being personally hugged every time you come and given all of the um, uh, facilitation and, and uh, support that you'll need through this process because it is a process. And, it, and, and so, but, you know, it's the isolation, I think, uh, that has really just imprinted in society since especially this whole thing with the pandemic. And um, so like really just getting out of that isolation is necessary uh, for connection. Connection is, we need to be connecting, even if it feels uncomfortable, even if, if it doesn't feel right, but you can do that also online, right? So you can connect to community online as well. And so I have clients in all around the world that I get to connect through online, which is just as powerful too. And you can do the one-on-one, -on -one, right? Like I'm, I love doing one-on-one. -on -one. I work one-on-one -on -one with clients and love taking somebody through a journey, um, especially if you're going through like some type of transition crisis, um, having a teacher, having a guide to help you through that is it can really help um, expedite and uh, quantum leap through it. So I'm like picturing this right now for everybody is I went in, I had my open mind, I have my experiences from the past, but I've done my research. I've looked at the treehouse. I've investigated, you know, fresh prana. I'm like, okay, I'm going to arrive. I do my session. There's like five to maybe 10 people here. What immediate sensations may I experience when I'm in the class? 
And then also after I leave. Great question. So we do a lot of breath work in Kundalini. Um, yoga in general is a breathing practice, but in Kundalini, we're going to be doing a lot more breath work than you're normally used to, um, to really open up the chi and the, um, energy channels to open up your heart. Um, so you might feel tingling in your body. You might feel lightheaded. You might feel like the best you've ever felt in your whole entire life, because now you can actually like feel like your body feel alive from the prana, from the breath work. Um, some people have really huge releases. Some people cry because they've been oppressing their feelings for so long. And now they can finally just like let their emotions out. Um, some people have like, you know, just the most radical shift and just feel so like now this is like, they found the way to healing themselves. Or they might not like it at all. And they're like, no, this isn't for me, you know? So it's just really, it really just depends on the person. And, um, but usually this practice really attracts people that have gone through a lot of trauma. And they, they say that Kundalini, um, it usually is, it's, it's like Kabbalism that you don't usually find it until later in life in your forties when you can really understand it because you need experience in life um, for you to really start uh, connecting with your breath. Well, at least in our culture, right? If you look at like the Indian culture, they're given this wisdom from, you know, day one. <laughs> so it's like, they don't even, yeah, it's a completely different way of being. Like they start their life in moksha, in liberation. Like we have to find liberation later in life because we didn't have the wisdom to, um, direct us towards our dharma right so i have a couple more questions because i know that you've got to go and we just all should just you know sign up for the next class but with that there's this thing of like transgenerational trauma and women again whether you call yourself a witch whether you call yourself a healer whether you're a yogi there's so many different names for us these days <laughs> Does Kundalini fit into that puzzle of ending generational curses or generational traumas? Oh, absolutely. I, I honestly am only working with like the most powerful medicines for me because I do have a lot of generational ancestral karma. And most of us do, especially living in America, living on these lands that were stolen from the, the actual like true indigenous people. So we take on that trauma as well in these lands. And so it's like, it's this, this goes super deep. It helps to literally create neuroplasticity in the brain through the use and, and, and direction of, of the Kundalini energy. We literally can have psychedelic experiences with ourselves, with our prana, with our life force energy, right? I've had exorcisms. <laughs> I've had some of the most deepest cleansing spiritual awakenings and healing experiences through my Kundalini. Um, I literally didn't touch psychedelics for so long because I didn't even need them because I was having psychedelic experiences with my breath and, and, and really getting to those deeper, um, you know, ancestral karmas and remembering and waking up right, to my lineage of my grandmothers, of my grandfathers, right, of the indigenous, like I have Iroquois in me as well. And I've been able to really tap into those codes. And, you know, the deeper that I go in this practice, the more I become um, uh, in, in alignment with my ancestors, really. Um, and not only that, I get to really break the, 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 the karma. And I feel my ancestors cheering me on, right? I feel like even this past time with Jaya Dev doing 4am sadhana, I was able to come full circle with my grandfather and really experience my grandfather in the spirit realm at 4am and come full circle with my healing with my grandfather. 
in the spirit realm. And now I get to know him at a very intimate level and get to feel him during those ambrosial hours, right? So it is, you know, connecting to the spirit realm. That's what we do in Kundalini yoga, especially at, you know, 4 a, the hours between 4 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. when the veil is very thin. We're able to connect with our ancestors. We're able to get the downloads that we'll need to in the blueprint for um, the awakening of our soul. Mm. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I'm going to ask a fire question and then I'm going to ask what my true last question was going to be. My fire question is the 4 a.m. to the 6.30 a.m. Yeah. Is that a certain time zone or is that just where you are presently, you're 4 to 6.30? So some yogis say that 3.45 is the most optimal time and it really also depends like during the year, like if it's summer or winter, um, it's really when the sun is at an angle at a 60 degree angle to the, to the earth, the horizon, this energy is the most potent. Um, it allows for, uh, the prana to be super focused so that we can really tap into the subconscious mind and literally reprogram our subconscious mind through neuroplasticity, which is activated through chanting mantra, through doing Kriya, breath work, um, reciting the Japji, which, which is this ancient prayer, this Gurmukhi um, ancient prayer uh, by the Sikhs. Mm -hmm. And um, that activates the master glands and that you know, the master glands are our pituitary, our pineal, our hypothalamus. These allow for the awakening, right? So whether you take a medicine or you do it through breath work or you do it through, you know, um, raising your energy through chanting mantra, right? It's all the same thing. You're raising your energy to awaken yourself uh, to the spiritual realm and, and your, your dharma, which is your soul's path, your soul's journey, which is the greatest. That's why we're here. I feel like that's where a lot of dream work comes in as well. Because when you said that, I was like, the witches say three, the yogis say five. <laughs> I was like, why? What's the actual marriage? So that 60 degree angle really yeah. like bring it home. Right, home. right. So it can be anywhere from 345 to 630. That is the, and some people say three right? Um, so those hours. Yeah. And they say that like, you know, instead of dreaming, you should be reprogramming your subconscious mind through these practices during those times before the sun rises. Mm -hmm. So it's really before the sun rises um, that you're able to access that, uh, that energy, unlike any other time in the day. Okay. Dearly noted. <laughs> for my personally as well as everybody else yeah my last question is you were talking about having a studio or maybe it's like through a whole different experience like vinyasa in the ocean which just sounds amazing but nonetheless when it comes to ceremonies so we've had a whole discussion and series on cacao ceremonies on the podcast we've talked about ayahuasca on the podcast we've talked about um I can't remember the proper name, but the toad, we've talked about all sorts of different types of gatherings together. Is there anything that we shouldn't blend when we're trying to have a Kundalini experience when it comes to ceremonies? Or any that are ceremonies like, yeah, you know, um, the woman, right? Like the woman when she's on her moon cycle, we have to be very careful when we're doing uh, breath of fire and um, and postures like the mulband. Um, women should be very cautious around that time um, because that's a time when the body should rest. So, and we don't recommend breath of fire or really like contracting the mulband, the sex organs, because that's a time when the, the body needs to rest and shed um, the menses. Um, mm -hmm. Also, um, yeah, that's an interesting question. What not to bring into those spaces, right? Uh, or ones that just do very well together. Like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend, 
Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I would, wouldn't recommend eating. You want to be fasted when you're doing this practice, you want to allow for an open channel and food and digestion do not work with breath work and yoga. So really being in a fasted state, um, is going to be ideal during that time. And, um, irrigation after you've gone through like irrigation period, after we've done a ceremony, is there a certain time we should wait before Kundalini? So I would, you know, um, it's interesting, like after ceremony is the best time to do Kundalini because it's one of the best things for integration from any type of medicine. I love doing Kundalini to ground, to, um, come back into the body because after these like more, you know, especially ayahuasca or um ibogaine or bufo like they're so intense and they bring us way into our higher chakras so using kundalini to ground is a really great way to come back into the body i love marrying uh kundalini yoga with um with plant medicine because it really is a perfect for me a perfect marriage and i've done a lot of work in retreats all around the world um, bringing together plant medicine or um, cacao um, or tantra with with kundalini. Thank you. So I love it because I'm like, how do we marry things? How do we bring them together? The duality that's the Gemini showing again. And I'm like, okay, can I blend this together and still be safe? So oh, yeah. what I gathered, and this is kind of my summation here, is you should avoid or be very cautious when you're on your moon cycle. Yeah. Uh, fasting is the best, but not necessarily you have to be fasting. It's just going to have like a higher effect. You right? can have like a little bit of fruit, but yeah, you should, you should have an empty stomach when you're, when you're practicing Kundalini. Yeah. You don't want to eat a meal and then go to Kundalini. Yeah. You don't so want to wait do at least that. two hours. <laughs> yeah. At least wait wait, you know, at least an hour um, to two hours to make sure that you have the most pleasant experience because it's really not comfortable to be digesting while you're trying to do breath of fire. Okay, dearly noted. Not going to eat before tonight. Um, with that, blending it with plant ceremonies or with other practices like Tantra or yoga or breath work or cold plunging, you know, pick your healing like style is a good thing and can actually aid in it. And then the having just a guide, I feel is critical here, whether it's you or, you know, someone else in your local territory that you're very comfortable with that has experience here. I feel like if you just have those kind of set up when you walk into that first class, whether you have a clue what's going on or whether you don't have a clue, you're going to be okay. Oh my gosh. Like, do not fear your Kundalini. Love this experience. It's literally your body's being blessed by your energy. And I feel like there's been such a stigma that we need to like erase because this is really something that can be one of the most powerful healing forces of your life. And it really does take a guide. It takes a teacher. And, um, so that's why fresh prana is like, we're so blessed to have this space in Miami and, you know, I work, I work online with clients. I have clients in Korea. <laughs> so, um, so it, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I feel like that's a perfect ending. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So I love that you brought up Fresh Prana and to find you on Saturdays there in Miami. Um, how do we find you online? And then is there anything else you want to share that you're like, it's important that people take this home? Yeah, you know, I feel like I shared like a lot here today. Um, you know, the most powerful medicine is our self-love and whether you experience that love through yoga, meditation, you know, being with family, whatever it may be, if you are connected to your heart, that is some of the most powerful medicine, right? I share these modalities because they've been, allowed me to really tap into the medicine of the heart. 
Um, and so Kundalini is really a heart-centered practice. It awakens the heart center. And I think as uh, the Western culture, we haven't really been taught how to access our self-love. Uh, and so through Kundalini yoga, you're able to use tools, um, yoga, it allows you to really embody that love within yourself and to feel the electricity of love going through your heart, which I think is really needed now more than ever, especially um, after this whole situation that we had as a world. Um, so that's that's kind of what I want to leave with. We are the medicine. We have it. We just have to learn how to access it. And um, I'm just so grateful for my teachers that came before me that were able to take me under their wing and help guide me during some of the most vulnerable and scary times of my life. Thank you so much, Bianca, for sharing your wisdom, your light, your experiences, your hearts. I could list it off for days. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I feel like I've learned a lot and I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this as well. So for everyone out there, go check out Bianca at the Fresh Prana or, you know, research her. Right. You can find her through Instagram. If you're on my Instagram or the Flying With Air Instagram, she's right there. I'm always highlighting her. And then of course, as always, thank you for growing and healing with me today. Yeah, thank you. You can go to BiancaAbbott.com, my website. You can reach me there or Bianca Abbott Wellness on Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook at Bianca Abbott. Um, so I, I really am so, so honored to be here and to be able to share um, about Kundalini because it's really been such a great medicine for me. And, and so thank you so much for this opportunity.